Hey, Fifth Line, this is Greg Murray, the voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Artillery Podcast, the number one Blue Jackets podcast in the world. Or so they say. Who wrote this, by the way? What's up, little boomers? Welcome in to the podcast, episode 266. It's been a while. Last week was Thanksgiving, so, you know, we took a little hiatus, spent some time with the fam. And uh, last night, the Jackets had a game versus the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, it was a game that I wish I we didn't watch. Absolutely atrocious. And uh, so usually we record on Wednesday nights, which that's when that game took place. And I text the boys. I was like, hey, like Jackets are playing tonight at home. Let's just do the podcast Thursday. And pretty much everybody was on board until I texted them on Thursday today and said, hey, it's time to do a podcast. Kyle's sick. He's got some type of viral infection. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Warren's flying out of town. Brayton's at work. And apparently, this is going to be a solo episode with yours truly. I'm Jordan, the host of the Artillery Podcast. So essentially, this is going to be my Twitter feed because it's going to be all my thoughts, which is also a very dangerous thing. But for the most part, the, uh, not for the most part, the most important part, is I have my beer, and I have my Zen Cool Mint 6s chilling with me. And that's what's going to get us through this episode. Because, listen, I don't do solo episodes. I've done three. I hate them. I hate them. I'm not Bob McElligot. Bob McElligot does a fantastic job at CBJ and 30. I can't do this. I can't carry a show by myself. I need people with me to banter with, and they're not here. And that, that's okay. And we're going to figure this out, but listen, we didn't, we didn't do a podcast last week because it was Thanksgiving, but I'm going to knock this out this week, and I'm going to share, share my thoughts with the old Blue Jackets. Now, I have nobody to really like banter with in the, like, typically, you know, on, on our show flow, we usually have like a 15-minute like little buffer on the show flow for just the opening, the, the, the opener, where we all just talk, chat, whatever. Then we get into hockey. I got nobody to talk to. So we're just going to get right into hockey. And that's obviously what you're here for as well. So starting with, here we go, getting right into it. Today, today, Thursday, it has been announced that old Kent Johnson has been recalled from Cleveland. Dylan Severson, is, is Dylan his first name? I have nobody to ask that question to. Devin? Dylan? I don't know. I just call him Severson. I know it starts with a D, I think. I have nobody to fact check it either. Damn. I sound really stupid right now. Anyway, Severson went on IR, uh, which we, we all saw that coming. Like He was a healthy scratch, but we all knew he was going to go on, on IR, and he did do that. Uh, but Ken, Ken Johnson has been recalled from Cleveland where, listen, Ken Johnson impressed a big, he impressed big time in Cleveland. A lot. In what position was Ken Johnson playing in Cleveland? Center. Playing center. 
Five goals, 10 assists, and 10 games. Over a point-per-game guy in Cleveland, in the old AHL, which you absolutely love to see that. So we're bringing him, bringing him back to Columbus, right? No-brainer. I've been an advocate of this. I wasn't even a big fan of him going to Cleveland because the season that we were kind of in, like, sure, we've seen some bright spots. We've seen some wins. You know, we, we beat Boston. Great, great win. Jersey, 2-1 win. You love to see that, you know. We've been relatively competitive in a lot of these games, which is, you, you love to see it. But in the season that we're in and the record that we have, I was kind of I've I've seen both sides. Like, all right, let let KJ develop in Cleveland, let him just like thrive there, let him win a championship there, and then he can then he can he can come back to Columbus. But I also see the side of like, we got nothing to lose right now. Bring the kid in, let him play in the National Hockey League, and let's see what he can do. Like we saw what he can do last year. He he came out in his rookie season and just blew the doors open. Played so well. And now KJ officially recalled from Cleveland. And again, he had five goals, 10 assists, and 10 games uh, over a point per game player in the, in the AHL, which you love to see. So we're bringing, bringing him back to Columbus, which again, a no-brainer in my eyes. I think it should have happened at least a week ago or maybe never even sent him there to begin with. Um, but So here's my problem, though, with the move, right? My problem with him coming back to Columbus is not Kent Johnson. It's Pascal Vincent. That's my biggest problem right now with him coming back. So Pascal Vincent said he was impressed with KJ at center, but he's choosing to put him back on wing in Columbus. So practice lines came out today, and they put KJ on the first line, which is great because I, I kind of want to see KJ go the first line or second line, but, but he's not at center, a position that we drafted Kent Johnson at. That's frustrating to me because I feel like it's another player we're just putting out of position, setting up for failure. And that makes me a little a little t- a little ticked off. Just 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 a little bit. So he's back on wing, right wing. Um so like if if he was drafted at center, plays well at center, was just popping off in Cleveland at center. I mean absolutely popping off. 5 goals, 10 assists and 10 games at center. Just dishing the puck up there, just controlling that first line. And he was also joined by Bimstrom, who who also is doing fantastic in Cleveland. But again, I think he's just a career AHLer. Once he gets to the National Hockey League, Bimstrom does does absolutely nothing, in my opinion. And again, this is just my this is this podcast is my Twitter thoughts. So if you have a problem with it, I'm sorry. And there's nobody else to like counter that argument in this episode. So it's just, this is my show. This is the Jordan show today. If you have a problem with it, you can hit up my Twitter at Jordak. Don't care. But why does it make sense to put him on wing in Columbus? I I just don't get it. I really don't get it. I struggle with that. And, you know, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not the head coach. I get it, you know. But if we drafted this dude at center and he is impressed so much at center in Cleveland, why not give him a fair shake at center in Columbus? Because what are what is Columbus lacking the most right now? Centers. Center depth. Boone Jenner is not a number one center. Boone Jenner is a great hockey player. Don't get me wrong. Boone, Boone Jenner is our captain. Not, not a number one center. 
we experimented with Line A at center. That didn't work. And I called that from the very start. I thought that was the dumbest thing that this organization could have possibly done this year, and they did it, and they tried it, failed. And now Line A is confused as fuck as to what his role even is now because the dude can't even play on wing anymore. So we, we bring Ken Johnson back into the fold, which I love to see. And I, listen, and I'm not saying he's not going to, you know, succeed on wing in some aspect. We're probably going to we're going to see him probably get some goals, whatever. But in a season that we're in, right? We're in this season where it's we're probably not going to probably not going to go to the playoffs. I feel like that's out of the equation, right? But I will say like we're not that far out. <laughs> and if you look at the standings, it's kind of wild. We're only like 4 points out of a metro <laughs> Metropolitan uh, playoff berth. Philly holds that third spot right now as of Thursday. Only four points out, which is wild to think about. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. But to me, in a season that truly does not really matter, why not develop old Ken Johnson at center? Why not put him in there? doesn't have to be first line, maybe sticking down a second line. I don't know. I think I would rather have a Fantilli first line, KJ second line, Boone third line, figure who the hell out you want at fourth line, maybe Stillinger, and go from there. I'm just confused at the decision like, oh, he was playing so well at center in Cleveland. Oh, he was just doing great, and that's the, that's the position he should be playing. And that's, that, that's the position that we drafted him at. But when he comes back, we're going to put him back. We're going to put him out wing. Okay. Makes no sense to me. I see a slight problem there. Maybe, maybe at some point they'll put him at wing or put him at center. Who knows? Maybe we'll see that. But right now the practice lines they came out, and all of a sudden, old KJ back on wing. I disagree with that. Not a fan of it. Not a fan of it at all. But you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, again, like. It's just like this whole experimental thing this whole year, especially when it comes down to like a guy like Line, where it's like, oh, let's put Line at center. Let's just, I feel like they're just like, they have a blindfold on and they're just like throwing darts at a wall and just seeing what sticks. And like, let's try that. Let's do that, right? Line, center, let's go. And I called that from the very start, the very start of the season on this podcast. I was so anti-Line at center, you have no idea, because he struggled at wing with us for the longest time, and, and, and maybe they're like, oh, maybe he'll be better at center. No. The dude's not all cracked up as he should be. I don't think that's the saying. I don't think that's the saying. He's not as cracked up as he should be. Not on crack. I don't know. I don't know what that saying is, but I think you got what I'm trying to say. If I had other people here to correct me, they'd be here, but they're not here. But... <sighs> I don't know. To me, it just it does not make sense. I, I feel like, you know, KJ popping off at center in Cleveland. <laughs> Bring that guy in, put him at center in Columbus and see what happens. Especially with the season that we're in. What are we, 7, 11, and like 4? I don't know. Something like that. We're dead last in the Metro. But again, we're still only four points out of a, of a potential playoff spot, which is wild. The Metro is not like, the Metro's not Metroing like we expect the Metro to Metro. And I know damn well you all knew exactly what I just said there. Philly is holding that last that that last playoff spot, I believe, as of Thursday, and they're they're not even over five hundred, I don't think. 
So like we're we're potentially we could potentially be a playoff team. I didn't I did not predict us to be a playoff team, but I'm just saying we're not out of reach yet. We're not out of reach. But big fan of uh, Ken Johnson coming back into the fold. I was never a fan of him going to Cleveland. I I, I guess I understand his assignment there. I think they wanted him to bulk up a little bit, you know, get a little more confidence. But, you know, he's getting he got a lot a lot of confidence in the role that he's supposed to be in, and then we throw him into a role that he's not supposed to be in the National Hockey League, and then we'll see where that confidence goes. Pascal. Let's see what happens. But but anyways, uh moving on. Uh this is not gonna be a traditional podcast where we have like segments, but I maybe I'll still do the swoops. Let's see here. Moving on. There we go. Uh Voronkov. Oh, Voronkov. Let me tell you. Dude's impressing me. Absolutely impressing me. I am so sold on Voronkov. You have no idea. Uh, he's a player that this team desperately needs, right? Like, we need the size. We need the physicality. We need the skill. He has he has so many intangibles that this team needs and, and that the league requires. He has them. Absolutely has them. And... I absolutely love this dude. Absolutely love this dude. And uh, it so it recently came out that Voronkov, he was a little homesick, right? He was homesick. He wanted to go back to Russia. And he didn't say that, like, to the media himself, but it kind of came out through a leaked source. And his agent squashed it. He was like, Voronkov, he talked to his family. He talked to uh, other fellow players, other fellow Russians on the team. And he is he's fully committed to Columbus. He's he's here for now at least that we know of. And you know, he's a guy that damn, I I wanna if if he can stick it out in this league and and figure out like, you know, him being homesick, him just not wanting to be in America, whatever whatever the problem is, I don't know what it is. I don't not the problem, but like the situation is. I, I get it, man. Like you're coming into a brand new country, you can't speak the language. And it's just a whole new environment. I understand. I'm I okay, I don't understand, but I get it, right? Like I, I get where he's coming from in that aspect. But if he if he can figure it out and and just adapt to this this league and this and the city and in this country, dude, he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with within within this league. Like, if not this year, next year, like he's already there. He's already there. He's putting up great numbers on this team already. He's making himself very visible on the ice in terms of like everything he's doing, like his production, his physicality, um, his assertiveness. Like he is a guy that I want on this team so bad. And as soon as that news broke where he was homesick and thinking about going back to Russia in the KHL, my stomach just dropped. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is so typical Columbus. Like, we just can't hang on to the, <laughs> to these guys, it just seems like. But, you know, it came out. His agent was like, we're good. He talked to his family. His family insisted, like, dude, stay here. It's like, see it through. I know, like, there's obviously there's a handful of Russians on the team. When we saw that <laughs> during the uh, the – 
the last game where, you know, it was all the all the Russians scoring the goals and it was like a NHL record with four four guys. We got Chinnikov, Voronkov, Provorov, uh who who was the other one? Uh fuck. I don't remember. I just remember all the I just remember all the Kovs or the Ovs. Uh, but you know they set the all-time NHL record with the most most four goals in one game sc- scored by Russians, which is insane. Which I thought was probably already happened, especially with like the whole dynasty that Detroit had back in like the late two thousand or late nineties, early two thousands. Like I thought that for sure. I thought for sure that record was already there, but apparently the Blue Jackets broke it. Love to see it. But Voronkov's a guy that listen. He's got it. <laughs> I hope to God he just he learns to love this city and embraces the culture here and and becomes a part of this league in a way. Because listen, this dude he has everything that we could ever want in a player. He really does. Is he going to be like that? You know, is he going to be the type of guy that's going to get you a shit ton of goals every year? Probably not. But but he's a he's a guy that brings that size and physicality, and he's not afraid to like you know push other players around and that's what's what it, that's what the jackets are lacking and what they need and Veronka brings that he brings that physicality and that size and that he also has skill too there man he has he has so many intangibles and I absolutely love to see what Veronka does now again his agent said it's over it's squash he's staying so cool love to see it but but in true blue jackets fashion true blue jackets fashion Following the Voronkov news, right? Voronkov saying, like, I might want to go back to Russia. And the, and those rumors get squashed. Which, I mean, they were rumors, but they were confirmed. They were absolutely confirmed. Chinnikov news broke. Oh, Igor Chinnikov. Apparently, I feel like I sound like that one kid. Apparent, apparently, apparently, old Chinnikov, um, through his agent, broke some news that he wasn't happy or isn't happy in Columbus. And he feels like Columbus is not utilizing him and also does not trust him in the proper ways. And, of course, you know, Columbus, we can't have nice things, right? We just, we can't. It's just what we do. We just, we screw everything up in some way or some fashion or another. That's just how we do things in Columbus. And, you know, as soon as we settle that Voronkov Bullshit. All of a sudden, Chinnikov news breaks. The very next day. The very next day. We we can't have one day of happiness in Columbus. <laughs> one day of like, oh, thank God, Voronkov wants to say, no, 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 no. The next day, Chinnikov. I'm not happy here. They're not utilizing me how I want them to. They don't trust me. I, I need more ice time, et cetera, whatever, his agent. And and that has yet to be like, that. that's been confirmed. His agent confirmed it. But uh, so we're sitting here now with with old Shinny, right? Uh, just I guess not very happy in in Columbus. And and listen, this this is coming from me, who I am pretty critical right now of the front office. I have been very adamant lately. Like we've given Yarmo Kekalainen ten years of trying to figure out how to build a winning culture here, and he's yet to succeed at that. Yes, we had one. Playoff series win, cool, with Tampa Bay, awesome, fantastic. But 10 years of, of a GM and one playoff series win, a lot of other organizations around the league would say that's 
unacceptable. You're fired. Move on. Somehow, Yarmo has kept his job. And I've been very critical of the front office and, and also, you know, coaching at times. And I guess, like, I, I kind of almost side with Chinnikov a little bit in terms of, like, him not being used properly. But at the same time, I kind of go back to the idea of I don't think any of our players are really used properly in the right way because we we forced line A into center. We put KJ on wing. Uh, <laughs> we just do all these irrational moves for no fucking reason, and they don't ever pay off. So I, I, I guess I understand it a little bit from his side. But at the same time, we're talking about a guy who has been inconsistent in terms of his him being able to stay healthy in the league. So I guess for me, Chinnikov, my dude, I don't know if you have built up enough cred in the league to be a guy that's like, you're not using me properly. A, we literally drafted you completely off the board and nobody knew who the fuck you were to begin with. On draft night, like the NHL and everybody covering the draft, they didn't even have a picture of you. They had no idea who you were. And I'm not and I'm not trying to shit on Chenikov at all. I'm just saying like <laughs> Yarma went off the off the rails, off the board on this one and picked you up on a draft. And then you've also struggled with staying staying healthy, right? Like you've gotten hurt a handful of times and bouncing back might take some time to, to happen, right? That in this league especially and so I just feel like Chinnikov's really not in a place to be like, they're not using me in the right way. Like, dude, all right, fully get healthy, which, you know, lately, listen, Chinny, Chinny has one of the best shots on our team when he uses it. Last night versus Montreal, he had a prime opportunity and just chose to pass it, and nothing came from that shot, or nothing came from that opportunity because it was like a two-on-one and Chinnikov just dished it off randomly where he should have just shot it because he has an amazing shot, and he didn't do that. So maybe they don't trust you because you don't make the best decisions quite yet, Chinnikov. So I guess my advice, granted, I'm not a National Hockey League player, never have been. I just speculate. I'm just looking in to the TV with my beers and my zins. But my guy, like, you haven't proven yourself enough to be a guy, to be like, they're not using me right. So I'm hoping Chinnikov kind of comes around on that a little bit. A little bit. Because he's not to the point in his career where he can like start you know, demanding things, right? You got to figure your shit out, my guy. Because you're not, you're not the greatest player on this team. Sure, you have a great shot. And you're, ex- you're an exciting player to watch on the ice day in, day, day out. And and I know a lot of the fans love you. I like you. But there comes to a point where you just got to realize who you are as a player, and <laughs> especially on a team like this, and you're not even the best player on this team, to start being like, uh, they're not using me right. All right, well, you know, maybe don't pass the puck on a two-on-one when you have one of the best shots on the team, and then maybe we'll talk, Chinnikov. Maybe we'll talk. All right, moving on. Again, there's really no segments for this episode because I have nobody here to talk to, and I know, I know I've already said that, but I'm going to use the swoosh anyways. I'm just This is just a Jordan rant episode, and you can't stop me because I have the microphone, so we're, we're moving on. All right, we're talking about Elvis. Oh, Elvis Merz Lincolns, right? Listen, 
When it comes to Elvis, when it comes to old Elvis, listen, I will be his biggest supporter. I want to see Elvis succeed. I'm not a hater. I am not an Elvis hater. As much as people want to tweet about it, as much as, you know, there are plenty of people out there, like, given especially every host of this podcast shit about our, our talks about Elvis, we're not, we're not Elvis haters. I think I can speak to everybody or speak on behalf of everybody about that. We're not. We want to see Elvis succeed. We want to see him win games. If he wins games, the Blue Jackets win games. But over the past few seasons, Elvis has not played well. He hasn't. And sure, you can argue, well, the team in front of him hasn't played well, which, yeah, they haven't either. But sometimes you expect your goaltender to make certain saves to kind of get you out of some situations to help you out a little bit. And Elvis never really did that over the past couple years. But now, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping, I'm, I'm turning it over here. But now, I think we're seeing the old Elvis of old. I really do. I think Elvis has regained some confidence in his game. He's looked mighty damn fine lately. Mighty damn fine. Hold on. Let me, I need to take a sip of my beer. It's been like, I just opened this and it's still cold and it's only one sip. So hold on. There we go. I might need to put a fresh Zen in here at some point. But hey, Elvis, listen, his game, I am, I am, I am here for it, baby. Absolutely here for it. The confidence in his game lately, it's a whole new Elvis. It's a whole new Elvis. And listen. This was, we talked about it many, many times on many episodes, how this was going to be a make or break year for Elvis. It, it was going to be, absolutely. If Elvis came out again this year and just absolutely shit the bed, the Jackets were either going to buy it out or try to like get a trade to where they eat half that contract, right? Like that had, that, that was going to be the end result. But right now, something, there has been a switch flipped in the confidence of Elvis. And this dude has been playing so much better. I am so impressed with his game right now. And sure, like, we lost yesterday 4-2 to the Canadiens. Sure, that happened. Okay, cool. But again, not on, not a lot, not on Elvis. Like, Elvis played great. Elvis kept him in. Elvis was emotional. He was frustrated. He was even, like, at, at points in that game, just, like, chirping his own fucking teammates. Like, what are you doing? There was one time where, like, they were in our zone for, like, a consecutive amount of, I don't know how many minutes, maybe a couple minutes. And Elvis was just like, can you not clear the goddamn puck? I don't think, I don't know what he said. He's not mic'd up, but that's what I have envisioned in my mind. And so, listen, I am on Team Elvis right now. I really am. I think he has, you know, the dude wears his emotions on his sleeve, which sometimes can bite him in the ass. But, but lately, like, this dude... The confidence is there. I've seen it. He's kind of re regained that that swag that we initially fell in love with. And, dude, if he can continue this, dude, I'm here for it, man. I would be the biggest Elvis supporter. I'm not an Elvis hater. Trust me. Don't, don't get me twisted here. I just, for the amount of money we're paying him, I just want him to get back into a role that we can trust him game in and game out. And we could not do that for a year or two. We couldn't. He was so inconsistent. And again, I know it comes down to sometimes there's 
plays on the ice that fuck over your goaltender. But there are also certain circumstances where you have to rely on your goaltender, and he was not reliable in those times. So Elvis kind of got that swagger back, baby. Kind of got that swagger back. I'm Listen, I'm absolutely here for it. Absolutely here for it. And also credit to old props to Spencer Martin, dude. Spencer Martin, who I honestly think that teams are interested in Spencer Martin. So Edmonton Oilers have had scouts the past couple games in Columbus. Granted, I don't know if it's for Spencer, maybe some our, some of our defensive guys that we have an abundance of. I don't know. But like with the way Spencer Martin is playing and also Tarasov practicing lately and potentially you know, he's healthy, we can't have three goaltenders on the roster. Granted, at this point, I don't know that I want to see Spencer Martin go anywhere. I mean, he had a hell of a win the other day. Just every time Spencer Martin goes on the ice, I know for a damn fact we're going to be relatively, we're going to be competitive in that game. Same with Elvis lately. Same with Elvis. I, I Listen, I'm here for that. Give me Elvis being successful any day of the week. But, like, if, if you're making a shit ton of money as a player on this team and you're not performing well, <clears throat> Patrick Laine, <clears throat> Johnny Gaudreau, I will shit on you like no other until you get your shit right. But Elvis, Spencer Martin, props to you, my guys. Props to you. But, yeah, so, like, again, side note, Tarasov is now practicing with the team. Him and Martin were kind of, they were rotating in net today on you know, Thursday's practice. Um, again, that kind of comes down to Tarasov. <sighs> Man, I like I I liked what I've seen out of Tarasov in the games that he's played, but a dude that just cannot stay healthy, and that's the biggest concern. And if in in the next year or two, if we're going to be a competitive team. Again, we're still only four points out of a goddamn playoff spot right now in the Metro, which is absolutely wild to think about, especially in the position that we're in. <laughs> I, Spencer Martin's a guy that I would consider keeping because we just we, we don't know about Tarasov and his ability to like stay healthy. That, that's a problem. But I, I do like I do like Tarasov. Um, it, it's a, that'll be a very interesting thing to see what transpires there because you're going to have... Elvis, Martin, and Tarasov. I don't think they're going to want three goalies on the roster. I really don't think they're going to want that. They could have it. They could do that. There's always a couple healthy scratches every game, and three goalies on a roster could be a thing, but I don't think that's ideal. So that'll be an interesting thing once Tarasov is healthy because Martin is also impressed too. He's also impressed, man. Like Every game he goes in, like, the dude puts in 110% on the ice, and he is he has kept us in a lot of games. A lot of games. So that'll be interesting. Very interesting to see. It's time for a new Zen. This one has run its course. I think they run their course at about 30 minutes. There's no, like, time on the actual container, but in my head, I think the Zen, I think the Zen 6 has run about 30 minutes. So I'm going to swap out this Zen here. All right, putting in this Zen here. Did you know, by the way, if you are a Zen fiend like me, apparently the bottom of the case, which I still have not yet to figure out, my buddy showed me how you can open up the bottom of the case and you can put in the old Zens. And then, like, once you're done, you just toss the case. But I can't figure out how to open the bottom of the case. 
He showed it to me one time. We were at a bar. We were at uh, Devil Barrel in New Albany. He was like, yeah, dude, you pop up in the bottom, you put the old ones in. And then you just, once you're done, you throw it out. Why? It's wild. I don't fucking know. I still can't figure out, open up the bottom. I'm also a me- sometimes mentally challenged at times. So, And also, depends on my inebriated state of beers inside of my body. But regardless, either way. All right, moving on. So, you know, goaltending, sum it all up. Lately, been good. Been good. Not mad about it. Keep fucking doing it. Let's go. I'm here for it. What I'm not here for. So what I'm not here for right now. <laughs> uh, I think we all can agree on this. Uh, Patrick Line. Dude. What the hell is going on with Patrick Line? Hold on. Let me. I got to take a sip of my beer before I get into this rant. Is it just me, or is Patrick Line just does he just not look lost at all times? Like I listen, I get it. He had a concussion. He was out for like what three weeks, I think. He's played fourteen games this year, but like doctors cleared him. He should be good to go. But the dude looks lost between his like cons- constant turnovers. His like his inability to like hang on to the puck, his lack of offensive production, can't get to the neutral zone without turning it over. Can't even get the puck over to him to even like make a shot. I'm I'm losing trust in old Patrick Line. One game at a time. I don't like him. I'm off. I am off Patrick Line. Completely off Patrick Line. And listen, and this is something that I called at the very beginning of the season and is coming, you know, full circle now. I'm not trying to like pat my own, what, what, I don't know what to say again, pat my own shoulder. I, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I have nobody to make fun of me for my wrong sayings on this podcast. Uh, I'm not trying to like pat my own back. There we go. That's the saying. But so, you know, we... <laughs> Beginning of the season, Patrick Laine is going to be center. He's going to be on center. He's going to be our number one center, and he's gonna. we're going to win so many games with him at center. Well, what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Because you're taking a, a, a pretty good guy at wing and moving over to a brand new position and has to learn a new position. And what's going to happen? Nothing. He's going to fail miserably, and he did. I have no problem saying that. He failed miserably. Then he got hurt. And now Pascal Vincent's like, all right, put him back on wing. Well, no shit, Pascal. That's what you should have started him out at this whole entire season. I saw that coming. I I read the writing on the goddamn wall. I talked about it on previous episodes. We're going to move him to center. He's not going to figure it out. And then we're going to put him back on wing. And then he's going he's gonna to be lost. He's going to forget how to play wing. That kind of seems what's happened right now. Because the last game versus Montreal, the dude couldn't hang on to the puck. And there are like certain situations in that game that like where it was 2-2, where like it was make or break. Like we had to take control of that game. 
And old line A couldn't find the puck, nor could he hold on to it, or he would just have a turnover. The dude's lost. And I'm kind of going back to previous seasons with line A, too. I don't think Patrick Line has cracked up to... Or what's that? Again, another saying that I don't fucking know. He's not all that's cracked up to be. I don't think he's the player that we thought he was. And even going back to his time in Winnipeg, I was going back to his stats and like, yeah, he had a lot of goals, but he, he never even like broke, I think, 80 points. Like he had like maybe, you know, 40-some goals in a season, which is very good, but like, he would maybe have 20 assists, 25 assists. Like, he was never like a 100-goal or a 100-point guy. So maybe old Patrick Line is not the guy that we thought he was. And this might be just a completely hot take, and I could be completely wrong here, but this is my personal opinion, and nobody is here to correct me or tell me I'm stupid. But if I'm Yarmo, I'm entertaining trade talks with Patrick Line at this point. I really am. Because Patrick Laine, he has the name recognition in the league, right? He has a name recognition. People know Laine. But at this point, I don't think he's any benefit to the Blue Jackets. I really don't. I think he's more of a he's more of a liability on the ice lately. Every time he's out there, he does something that turns over the puck. And it's so frustrating to watch him game in and game out do the same damn thing for the past handful of years. Sure, he had like 20 goals with us two, maybe three years ago, maybe 20 goals two years ago. Great, you know? So did, so did Rozovic. Rozovic had a handful. He, he had close to 20 goals too. And we're paying him like a third of what, what Line is making. But when it comes down to it, I'm not impressed with Patrick Line at all. I really, I'm, I'm not. And I'm to the point now. I know I'm repeating myself where I, if I'm Yarmo, I am shopping him and I'm also entertaining trades. I'm to that point because I, I don't think that he is beneficial to this team at all. And he's a guy to me that has the name recognition within this league to where we're not going to get draft picks. I, I think we could bring in a trade to where we could bring in some NHL guys, NHL ready guys, guys who've been established in the league. I'm not talking superstars, but I'm talking reliable dudes that can help us out in the long run. That's where I'm at with Patrick Line. I'm off him. I'm completely off Patrick Line. And listen, the dude's, the dude's lost. We're talking about a guy right now. He's played 14 games this season, right? 14 games. Healthy, 14 games this year. He has six points. Six points. Two goals, or three goals, I think. Or, for, sorry, four goals, two assists. Four goals, two assists. Rozovic, for example, he's played the same amount of games. 14, 14 games. He has also, he has eight, he has eight points. Bronkov, he's played 18 games. He got called in from Cleveland. He's played 18 games. He has 11 points this year. He's making entry-level contract money. But the guys that we consistently rely on, the guys that we put in critical situations, power plays, overtime, you know, the closing minutes of games, we're trying to close it out. The veteran guys constantly have failed us this year. And Line is a part of that. And I don't know that I am on Team Line anymore. In fact, I'm not. I'm completely off it. I think, listen, personality-wise, he seems like he's a great guy. 
he has some of the best fits in the league, right? Like we see like his, as soon as he walks into the arena, he has, you know, he's fitted out head to toe. He looks great. He gets the media clicks. He gets an NHL repost him walking into the arena. He's wearing these suits. You know, he looks fly. It, that ages me right there. I just said fly. I don't even know if fly is even a thing anymore in terms of like a saying, but he looks, he looks cool, right? He gets the clicks, but he don't get the goals. And he looks lost as fuck out there. And so I'm right now to the point where I, I'm offline, and I think that the Jackets should definitely consider a trade with Patrick Line. Hell, even like, so like we traded, right? We traded PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois, over to Winnipeg for Patrick Line. Jack Rosovic came back in that trade. But even Pierre-Luc Dubois, over that same exact time span from that when that trade happened, has more points than Patrick Laine. Has more goals. Has more assists. Has more overall points than Patrick Laine. I don't think Patrick Laine is always cracked up to be. I really don't. And I don't think it's a coaching problem. I don't think it's a player problem. Because, listen, when it comes down to it, your veteran dudes, the guys that should show up and show out, should do that. And right now they're not. Patrick Line is a guy that's not showing up and showing out. He's not a guy leading this team on the ice. Maybe in the locker room, he could be a locker room guy. You know, a, a glue guy, sure. That could be a thing. But on the ice, he's not doing jack shit. And it's pissing me the fuck off. And it's time for him to get out of this city. This might You, you may not like this take, but I'm trying to look at on-ice production, not personality, not, you know... Oh, you know, you're falling in love with a hockey player on this on this team because of his personality and his outfits and shit. I don't care. I'm not here for that. I'm here for what's on the ice. And Patrick Line is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. So it's time to move on. It is time to move on. Like for a while, I was like, oh, once we get a team, and I know I've said this on previous episodes, once we get a team around Line Line, oh, he's gonna fucking thrive. You know, you just pass him to the pass him to the Pass him the puck to the left, you know, top of the circle, left wing, snipe it in every fucking time once we have a team around him. Well, you know, sure, we don't have the perfect team right now, but the dude can't even, like, be relevant on the team that we that we're, that he has around him right now. So I'm off it. Not here for it. So <laughs> that, that's my thoughts. Also, it could be the Zens talking, could be the beer talking, but... At the end of the day, the dude's just not getting it done at all. At all. All right, moving on. Those are my thoughts. Patrick Line. If you absolutely hate those thoughts and want to talk shit to me, my Twitter handle is at Jordek, J-O-R-D-E-C-K. I am willing to take on all hate comments about Patrick Line. Here we go, moving on. So let's talk about some of the Blue Jackets' most recent games. Uh, overall, Jackets haven't looked too bad over the past week and a half, with the exception of the Montreal game. Uh, not too bad. I will say, so, <laughs> uh, when we were playing Boston, we, listen, we had our way with Boston. Absolutely had our way. But we, I think we went into the third period with a 4 nothing lead. And, dude, I tweeted from my personal account. And I was like, man, <sighs> Four nothing lead going into the four, going into the third period, final period. Like I thought, 
for sure we would find a way to fuck that up. But we didn't. Boston did get a couple goals, but we we came out on top. What was it, like 5-2, I think? 5-3? I forget. I don't know. Don't have the final score in front of me. But uh, we came with a win versus Boston, one of the better teams in the Metro. Uh, Grant's a little older, but they were kind of slumping a little bit. I think, they, I think they had lost two straight coming into that game. But, dude, Boston's – your head coach, Boston – Every time they panned the, pan the camera over to him, he was pissed. He was mad. He yanked the goalie after two goals. And the uh, Jackets, the one thing I love to see it about that game, my, my biggest takeaway, granted, you know, beyond the on ice and us winning that game, was uh, the amount of Boston fans in Nationwide. Like, there was a sea of yellow. And to see them all just go home after that loss, after... After you know damn well when they walked into that arena, they fully expected to kick our ass. And we kicked their ass. Granted, you know, they're not going to they're not going back to Boston. They're going back to Lewis Center and and Grand Grandview and New Albany and you know, they're they're you know, they're the same people that have season tickets to the Blue Jackets and wear Blue Jacket sweaters and then throw on a Boston sweater when they come into town, whatever. They, they didn't travel from Boston to watch this game. They just, they you know, they, they just, they have their allegiance and they can fuck, fuck off and kick rocks, right? But, but to see them leave the building after we uh, completely dismantled Boston was fantastic. Great, great win. Uh, you love to see it. Also, that win versus uh, New Jersey, 2-1. Elvis looked phenomenal. Uh, I'm kind of going out of order here. Chicago, 7-3 win. Love to see it. But Dard, get, he did get a goal, which I did expect. But, dude, Columbus just absolutely controlled that whole Chicago game. You abs- I mean, you love to see it, right? You absolutely love to see it. Uh, the one game that got away from us that we should have won, Carolina. Not going to talk about it because it's going to get me going. It's going to get me going. I'm not, I don't want to get going. Another game that we should have closed out. Listen, there are so many games... <laughs> where the Jackets have been in it or had a lead, and we just blew it. We could be sitting here like, we could be sitting in the playoff spot if we learn how to control a lead. Absolutely we could. Some of you were listening right now like, no. We're not, we would no. Listen, we're four points out of a Metro playoff spot right now. If we would learn how to control a lead, we'd be up there in third right now. The Metro ain't Metro in right now. Philly is your 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 third playoff spot as of Thursday, and they're barely five hundred, if not a little below. I think they're like I don't know what their record is, but I know they're not they're not blowing it out of the water. If 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 the games that we should we should have closed out closed out, we we would be a whole in a whole another scenario. And then yeah, so that Boston went off five two five two Boston yeah. I'm looking at my phone right now, 5-2. Great, great dub there. You love to see it. I mean, Boston, great team. New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey is, like, struggling a little bit this year. You know, they're kind of in the in in the in the basement with us, but, you know, they still have, you know, last year they were phenomenal, and then they still have some talent there, and they're kind of struggling. But, you know, to hold them to one one goal, that's great. So, like, it just goes to show you, like, that we, we have the ability to do this. It's just the ability, can we close out every game? And, dude, when it came, again, 
when it was four nothing during that Boston game and we were going into the third period, I was like, Oh God, I'm still I don't know that we can do this. I don't know that we can close this out. They might get five goals in this period. I I had no confidence in this team and they and they you know, they they figured it out. They figured it out. You love to see it. You love you love to fucking see it. But uh so, all right, so most of the games, again, like we're we're in them until the end. My biggest thing here, right? My biggest thing with, you know, us being competitive for most for most of these games. Like for most of these games, we're relatively competitive. And and that's that's a promising sign in this team, right? Like last year I feel like we weren't really competitive. We were just kind of getting it, the game went one way or another. We were never just like truly in it. This year, I feel like we're in the games, but then we find a way to blow it late. Um, and and this year, like the fact that we're in them, you love to see it, but the fact that we blow them late, dude, I am chalking this up to the veterans, man. I am just so over some of these veteran guys to the point where I'm kind of like throw in the young, throw in the young guys. Let's see what they can do because some of these veterans are just not to the level of where they should be. Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Laine, Erica Branson, a guy that has an A right now for some reason. I don't know why. Couldn't tell you. I know he's making a good amount of money. He's been around the league for a while, but why does he have an A? Couldn't tell you. Finally, Zach Rowinski's kind of coming back to it. I know, you know, he had a whole season off last year. I'll give him that. Like, the dude had surgery. He had rehab. And I understand it takes a while to get back into things. And I think finally, Z has finally gotten to a point where he is there because he had a career night. A hand, I think it was versus Chicago where he had like four assists. So that that was great to see. I think Z is he's on the up and up. But there's there's some of these guys out there that have on our team that have been around the league that are just like guys that you should consistently rely on that are just not there. To the point where I'm like, all right, well, if they don't want to do it, in the third period, let's put out let's put out Fantilli out there. Let's put Veronka, Marchenko, right? Let's put some of these guys out there that are hustling and like Chinnikov, guys that are making a difference every shift. As far as I'm concerned, Line and Gaudreau lately have been invisible. Gaudreau's kind of coming up a little bit. He's kind of getting out of that funk a tad, but he's not fully there yet. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just to the point right now where if, if if it comes down to, like, it's a close game and it's late in the third, do you do you play with the veterans to, to let them get out the funk? Or do you play with the guys that bring the energy on that line? Because there's, there's other options out there with the young guys that come out there and they provide en- energy and they're, you know, they, they make it fun to watch the game to where – you know, something could happen, a goal, whatever. And at this point, I, I don't know that I trust some of our veterans. I'm, I'm confused. I'm baffled by it. Absolutely baffled by it. So this, this is a very interesting stat. So this is where, this was uh, per Aaron Port's line from The Athletic. Uh, he said, or he tweeted, these are stats. Uh, so Gaudreau's points per game before this season was a uh, 0.99, so pretty much a point per game. This season he is 0.46, so cut that in half. 
per game. Line A, points per game, this before this season, 0.82. So just a little below, little below point per game guy. This season, 0.43. So he's so pretty much cut that in half too. And between these two guys, we're talking about $18.5 million in cap space, producing half, producing half of their typical offensive production. That's a problem. That is a problem. And at this point, I don't know how you get him going. I really don't. Like, Gaudreau, he, he hasn't been hurting forever. And the dude can't, he can't figure it out. Line A, a guy that, you know, we're paying a shit ton of money for. A guy that we re- rely on for a shot. Looks absolutely just lost out there. I don't know whether it's a system thing. I don't know if it's a Pascal Vincent system type of deal where these guys just can't figure out what Pascal wants them to do. But, like, they're out there. They're getting the ice time. They're getting the, you know, the prime minutes, the power play minutes, the, the you know, late minutes in the third when, we're, when we try to close this shit out. And the game, sometimes these games just get blown out, blown out of the water. Like, we lose because they're out there. They're turning the puck over. So I don't know what we have to do to get these guys going, but my God, man, it's so frustrating to watch. But but I will say, I will say, you know, beyond the veteran struggling, I have seen a lot of a lot of good things from this team over the past two weeks that I take, you know, I take full I'm I'm encouraged by. I'm encouraged by it. And you know, there's been a lot of games where we have been neck and neck to where I feel like, you know, we should have won those games to where we could probably be a 500 team easily, easily. And being, we could be in the conversation for a playoff spot. And again, we're still only four points out of a playoff spot as of Thursday. I'm not expecting to be a playoff team. That was even, you know, preseason predictions. I, I thought we would be flirting with that fifth spot. I didn't think that we would make the playoffs. But, uh, you know, we're there's a lot of things to take away from our game that are positives. But if the veterans could come around and figure their shit out, the guys that you expect every fucking game to do their job the right way and they don't, if those guys could figure it out, we would have a great fucking team right now. A great fucking team. We're close. We're close. I'm not, listen, we're close. And the fact that Elvis has turned it around, that's significant in so many ways. So significant. And having a backup like Spencer Martin standing on his head every game that he gets the opportunity to play, you love to see it. And, you know, this insurgence of youth that, you know, are are stepping up to the plate when the veterans don't, you love to see it. But the guys that are making the money and you expect to perform night in and night out or not doing it, if they could just like flip that switch, dude, we're there. We're there. Minus a couple pieces, maybe. Maybe. Maybe putting old Ken Johnson at center, right? We're close. We're close. I'm encouraged. All I'm saying is I'm encouraged by our play lately. I like to see our play. I'm not trying to be super negative. 
because we have looked good recently. And if we could just, I don't know what's going on in the minds of some of these veteran guys that are just hindering our ability to win these games because those are the guys that you should trust in the closing minutes of games, and they're the guys that I trust the least right now to the point where I'm like, put the young guys out there. They'll finish the job. And maybe, it, maybe it'll take that. Maybe it'll take those guys being benched late in the third to show them, like, you guys aren't fucking doing it. We're putting in Voronkov, Chenikov, Sillinger, Ken Johnson, Fentaley, Texier, who, who the fuck ever. I don't know. You name them. Maybe it takes putting in those guys and benching Gaudreau's and Line's and Gabranson's and whoever the fuck to show, like, listen, these guys are doing it. You're not, so you're benched now. Maybe they'll close this game out because God knows you won't. Sorry. This is my, this is only my fourth beer of the night, but I am drinking IPAs, so. <sighs> All right. I'm, I think I'm done here. I didn't even, I didn't do a let's get social because uh, I don't want to read the questions. I n- I've never once read the questions, so I never, I didn't put out the actual tweet for let's get social. So my apologies there. Uh, so if you had questions, save them for next week. And uh, between Kyle, Warren, or Braden, they'll read them. Again, this was just this was just this was this whole podcast was you're in the act, you're in the mind of Jordan. And if you want to be in the mind of Jordan, you can always follow my Twitter because I have thoughts all the time. Um, but anyways, I think I'm done. I'm all I'm done here. I have no other thoughts. Let me check my show flow. I did I, I, I did put down some notes, believe it or not. Uh, I know I'm kind of scattered throughout this whole episode, but let me, let me take a look and make sure I didn't miss anything here. <sighs> nope, that was it. That was it. That's all I had. All right, little boomers. Thanks for listening to the episode. Y'all are awesome. Um... Yeah, so we did do a podcast last week because of the old Thanksgiving. But, uh, and, and then usually we do them on Wednesdays, but again, everybody was, uh, there was a game happening, and so we didn't do one, and everybody was either sick or working today, so we did not do, they couldn't make it. They couldn't make it, so you just got the Jordan show today. I'm not sorry for that. And you know what? Even though I'm a little drunk, I'm not. Sometimes I go back to edit certain parts out of episodes just to make sure everything flows cohesively. I'm just posting this. I don't give a shit. Those are my thoughts. I'm four beers in and I've almost completed this whole Zen pack. So it is what it is at this point. All right, Low Boomers, thanks you for listening to episode 266 of the podcast. It should be a full crew next Wednesday so everybody can yell at my opinions and how bad my takes are. But until then, there's a week where I just am right about everything. So fuck those guys. We'll see you Wednesday. Goodbye.